Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Music, Money, and Life podcast. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by HowToLicenseYourMusic.com. If you're interested in learning how to make money licensing your music into television shows, video games, commercials, advertisements, and more, visit HowToLicenseYourMusic.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Music, Money, and Life podcast. Uh, really excited to be speaking today with Paul Glover. Paul Glover is a uh, composer and songwriter based in New Hampshire who has been at the licensing game for about five years now. And uh, Paul has a really extensive uh, list of placements that, that he's accrued over the last five years. So we're going to get into uh, talking all about how he's been able to get all these placements and... Uh, get a lot of great insight from Paul. Paul, how are you doing today? Great, Aaron. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you for, uh, for for coming on. So I thought what we would do, Paul, is just jump right into this. And I know you and I connected a few years ago and um, it hadn't heard from you in a while and you signed up for one of my, my recent courses. I'm glad you uh, signed up for that. And during our consultation for that course, I was checking out your website and I came across this really long list of placements that you've uh, accumulated over the last few years. Um, how have you been able to get all, the, all these placements, Paul? Can you kind of tell us a little bit about your story over the last few years? Sure, yeah. Well, I contribute all of those placements to uh, a lot of luck, yeah. uh, good fortune, and uh, a lot of uh, hard work day in, day out. Um, I, I have been... Uh, into the licensing game for about five years now. Um, the first year, two years, uh, were somewhat of a bust. I mean, I, I've always composed music, but to um, uh, to get up to speed on the DAWs and uh, and all of the software that are, that's necessary, uh, it took me about a good year to really get um, a, an understanding. And, and, and still, I, I struggle and I'm learning every day on the technology and the software and, and sound banks and, and uh, mixing and mastering. I mean, that, that will never go away. You're always going to be learning something in this, uh, this business relating to, to the sound quality. Um, but, uh, first year was kind of a bust because I was trying to figure everything out to try to get a, 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 a good enough sound yeah. that, pe- that uh, publishers will accept. Um, and then once I, I finally... Um, Felt that it was good enough. I really jumped into writing the music, uh, and it took the, another year. So we're into year two of, um, of writing enough music to start getting it, uh, the, sending it out to publishers. Um, and then the and so for the first two years, it was all learning. It was a lot of hard work, and there was no uh, return on investment, so to speak. Uh, but once I started getting the, the music out there. And it started to circulate. Um, it was—it's a snowball effect. So you, year after year, you see an increase. You see an increase. I mean, certainly this business is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So right. uh, anybody trying to get into it and think, well, if I write, you know, a handful of songs, get it out there, I should see something right away, or you know, within a few months. Um, licensing TV just doesn't work that way. It—it it is a long haul, and you have to be very patient. Um, 
patient at it. <laughs> yeah, no, you bring up a really good point. I mean, this is something that that I tell the writers that I work with all the time that you, you, you know, like a question I get very frequently is how long does it take to start licensing music? Of course, there's no one one size fits all answer to that. I mean, everybody's situation is different, but it, it usually takes time. How long did it take you, Paul, from the beginning when you like, like in that first year you decided to get serious and you, and you really started, uh, you know, getting your production and everything up to speed? How long until you actually saw your very first uh, placement on television? It was probably two years. Okay. Uh, that third year I started to see some placements. Um, and then every quarter with my, um, B, I'm associated with BMI, every quarter I would see that number increase. And, of course, there's repeats uh, of music if you get it on a TV show. And um, first time you get royalties, but also repeats, repeats overseas. Uh, each time you get a little bit, you know, a, a little chunk of change each time that it's played um, after the initial airing. Uh, so it does accumulate. It is a snowball uh, effect. Um, but, yeah, it did take me two years before I actually saw my first placement. Okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's good to know. It can definitely take a while. And, by the way, you know, I, I would encourage people listening to this to go check out your website because your list of placements are so long that I won't even bother reading them all. But, but I'm looking at, I mean, I'll just kind of uh, fire off a few random ones, American Pickers, Bad Girls Club, Best Week Ever, Beverly Hills Pawn, Big Ten. I mean, these are all in alphabetical order. Buying Naked, Comic Book Men, Catfish, CBS Golf, CBS Sports. There's dozens and dozens of placements. How many different – do you have any idea how many different shows your music has actually been used in to date? Uh, I don't have an exact number, but uh, it's it's probably um, you know close to about 200 different shows. Wow. Um, I do also have a link to uh, – it's called Credits. And that really shows more of the networks yeah. um, that music has been on. Um, yeah, I recently had a, a placement on The Voice, which I was pretty excited about. Oh, cool. And, and how did they use your music? What was the context? Uh, honestly, I'm not quite sure. I, ha I haven't looked it I haven't looked it up. I didn't see the show, so oh, gotcha. I don't know. I don't know exactly where it was. It, it, I think it was, it was during, you know, between the the contestants, the performers, and they're doing like a background um, on one of the performers, and, and then a, a cue was used in that background while they were talking. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, one of the things that that really uh, struck me that you said during our our conversation last week, you said, you know, when I, I sort of asked you, like, wow, how have you managed to get all these these placements over the last couple of years you said that you have been getting up and correct me if i'm wrong but i think you said you, you've been getting up at 5 a.m for the last few years before you go to your day job so you get up at five put in a few hours every day and i think you said you average average about three or four hours a day just working on the the, the licensing and business side of things is that correct that that is yeah that's definitely correct i mean i, I it there's so many aspects of, of licensing, uh, a lot of responsibilities. Yes, the publishers have a lot of responsibilities, and they can do wonderful things, and they have the contacts for you. Yeah. Um, but th there's a lot of aspects uh, for the composer that they have to uh, contribute to as well. It's not only just uh, the sitting down, writing the music, getting it to production level, um, but there's a lot of the business aspects that you know aren't so much – they're not very fun to do. But a lot of uh, requirement regar regarding uh, metadata um, f 
for the for the cues that you're sending out to the different publishers. A lot of responsibility does lie on um, the songwriter composer to fill in all of those gaps. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of marketing involved, and I would probably say that um, I spend about forty percent of my time composing, writing, mastering uh, my music. And about 60% of my time is relating to the business aspect, the marketing, the contacts, the metadata, uh, the organization of all of the cues. I have, I'm, I'm, I've reached a thousand cues. Wow. Uh, and and that's, that takes quite a bit of time to, to be able to manage all of that. Well, that, that, yeah, I, I can imagine. Yes, yeah, so you have a, a very ex- extensive catalog. And I believe you were saying that when you initially started pursuing publishing and, and library deals, I think you said something like you signed with around 20 or so different companies, and then really just a handful ended up being the ones that got you most of your placements. Is, is that am – I, am I getting the numbers correct? Yeah, you, you're, 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 you're about right. I think uh, it might be closer to 30 publishers that I've worked with um, over the course of the five years. And um, not knowing exactly, you know, what they'll do for you, you know, where – and some of these publishers are great publishers, and they can do fantastic things for composers. Right. They just don't seem to have, uh, at the, at the, at, in the last five years anyway, much of a need for the type of music that I have um, written and provided to them. So they may be placing a lot of music for a lot of other composers, um, but they're – their client base is not necessarily asking for the genres or the styles of music that I write. Uh, so even though they may not be doing, there's not there's not very much activity with my music, they certainly could be doing a, a lot of activity with other composers' music uh, based on their clients' needs. So based on what I write, the genre and the style, um, I've discovered over the course of time the... Um, the publishers that will uh, or, or do have the, the, the need or the client base that's looking for my style. So actively, even though I've, I've worked with 30, uh, almost 30 publishers over the last five years, I've probably whittled it down to 12, 10, 12 that I'm active with that um, produce the, the greatest number of placements for me. So I, I focus my time on them. Got you. And how did you narrow it down to those 10 or 12 publishers? Was it just trial and error, just sort of waiting to see who, who would get you the most placements? Yes, that's, that's correct. After, um, it, it's, it's hard to gauge, too. You just, sometimes you just have a feeling that, you know, it's, it, that may not be working out with a publisher, uh, again, based on just the style and genre that you're writing that they're looking for. Um, but you certainly see more activity. It's, it's when you receive your BMI quarterly statements, you can see that the the uh, publishers who are placing the most music. So, so uh, just logically, okay, they're placing the most. I'm going to give them more. <laughs> sure. And are you are these all non-exclusive deals, or are you doing are do, are you signed exclusively with any of these publishers, or are they all non-exclusive? It it is a mix. It's it's a trial and. Um, trial and error basis where um, it, it's that, that's a great point the the, the exclusive non-exclusive publishers I've struggled with this over the years 
um, where I'm, I'm a little concerned about um, sending music to an exclusive without uh, any type of, um, you know, knowledge or awareness of what they can do for me. And then once you sign it exclusively, it's theirs. You can't send it out anywhere else. Right. So there have been some exclusives that's been a bust, uh, or they've gotten a few placements, and um, and that's too bad because some of those Jews I really like. I'd love to be able to distribute them on a non-exclusive basis to to other uh, publishers who um, who could possibly use them. Um, but I'd still use the exclusive publishers as well as the non-exclusive publishers uh, because some of the exclusive publishers are, are, are very good and they seem to be able to get um, uh, just as many placements as the non-exclusive. Uh, I don't know which type of publisher um, does get me the most placements, the exclusive or non-exclusive, um, but certainly I, I do use both. I would say I use... About thirty percent of my cues with exclusive, and seventy are with non-exclusive. Forty, uh, forty, sixty. You said forty, seventy, but but I, I get the point. You have you have more. I'm sorry, thirty, seventy. Okay, okay, thirty, gotcha. seventy. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure we're we're on the same page. How do, how do you make the the determination in terms of when to go exclusively with someone? Do you have any sort of criteria that you look for? Well, certainly you have to do the research on the on the publisher uh, themselves. You have to, um, you know, a lot of times publishers on their website will show uh, what um, what type of activity that they've had, what kind of shows, what kind of networks that they've uh, actually placed. You have to look at their Facebook page or their social media page, see if that they see if they are very active in what they do. So you can find publishers that it. To me, the publishing game sometimes feels like the Wild West. Uh, yeah. Right now, there's just so many shows, so many networks, there's so much need for music in different areas that I do think that some people jump into the publishing game thinking, hey, this is going to be a slam dunk, this is going to be pretty easy, right. and they close up shop after a year or two. They just It, it wasn't as easy as they thought it was. Right. So... Uh, and I have been attracted to some of these companies that have opened up shop, I've sent some music, and I closed down shop. Or they're just not as active as, as and I initially thought they were going to be. Um, so, And that's a concern because then you have some music that's basically, uh, I look at it, sitting on a shelf, and it, and it might never be used. Um, so to determine which ones to go with, I do a lot of research. I do look up... Um, you know, where, how much activity that they have, uh, not only their website, but I, I, I do look up through other websites to see, um, you know, to, to try to determine if they are a very active publisher or they are not. Uh, also, uh, how, how much music is in their catalog, which is a whole other point altogether. You've got these small boutique type of publishers that might have 10,000, and then you have... Hundred thousand cues. Yeah. So you you can get lost in the the publisher with a hundred thousands of cues, uh, and you think you might have a better chance with the one that's a boutique. Um, but it, it's it, it's kind of a crapshoot sometimes. It, it, it's a it's 
it is a waiting game. You, you have to spread your music out to all sorts of publishers, and it's a wait and see. See which ones are, are actually producing for you uh, results, and then once you determine that, then keep pushing music out to them. Sure. And what made you, uh, you know, I'm curious because I, I look at you, Paul, as, as a real sort of textbook case study in how licensing tends to work for writers that stick with it. And I'm curious, you said it took you like two years before you saw any return, before you got any placements and before you saw any return on, on your investment in time and money. What made you keep going? I, I think a lot of writers maybe try licensing for six months or a year, and if they don't get results, they, they just quit. Why did you keep going? Uh, I got mad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to uh, um, face defeat and, yeah. and acknowledge defeat. Certainly, there have been many times I've opened up my BMI statement and said, this is it, Yeah. and become frustrated, become mad, you know, sulk for a few days, uh, and then I get really mad and say, well, wait a second, this isn't going to keep me down. I love creating music. It's just I need to stick with it longer. Uh, eventually, I will see results. I will be happy with the results, uh, and, and the results will actually produce some money. So um, they, with me, I just got mad, I, I, yeah. and I just keep at it. And I do develop a routine. As you said, yeah. wake up early in the morning, uh, weekends, or first thing in the morning, do some music, write some music. Um, uh, and, and a lot of times at nighttime, instead of watching a TV show or something, uh, I'll be sitting down and, and I'll be uh, compiling uh, uh, groups or batches of music to send out to different publishers, work on the metadata, um, do some research on some other publishers I might never have contacted before, send them an email. Right. Um, also, uh, I, following up on previous emails or previous contacts that I've had with publishers and, and I, ha I haven't heard anything back yet or they said to check back in two months. Um, so you have to keep track of, of who you've contacted over the years, too, or over the months, so that you can um, send out that second or third, you know, email or request. And sometimes you don't get an answer the first time, but sometimes you'll get an answer the second time or the third time. Absolutely. That's that's another thing I, I stress, you know, in, in a lot of my writing and, and uh, courses is the importance of, of following up, you know, and, and it really, it seems like you did everything right. You've done everything right up, up to this point. What is your game game plan in, in going forward? I mean, you've had music on a lot of television shows. Do you just keep creating more music at this point? Keep uh, reaching out to new people? How do you, what's your sort of, what's your five-year plan for the, for the next five years in, in terms of licensing? I, I think it's pretty much doing the same type of, uh, the, the, the same work ethic that I've had for the last five years. Keep writing music, keep writing new music, getting it out there. Um, a thousand cues will develop into 2,000, will develop into 3,000. Uh, 200 shows might develop into 300 shows, 400 shows. You just have to keep at it. It's certainly a numbers game. Um, although there's a great need for music out there, um, with all of these different shows, the reality shows, um, also with YouTube now, which is a whole new era. Um, even though there's a great deal of music out there, there is a great deal of music being produced all of the time with, yep. with these home studios and DAWs. There's people who 
couldn't afford a, a, a studio to actually go in and record some music at a studio. It was just too costly. Now you can produce a lot of music at a very low budget, and it, it's very if you become um, very good at your craft and your production craft and your mixing and your mastering, um, you can create a lot of uh, wonderful uh, production music. Yeah. But there's because there is so much music being produced every single day, you have to keep up with those numbers. So a handful of uh, songs or a handful of, of uh, instrumentals um, might not do it. If you're looking for... Um, you know, some recognition and, 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 and be pretty... I know some composers who, who are like, it'd be pretty cool if I got this a piece on this kind of show or just any show, and they'd be happy with that. They'd be excited with that. Sure. Um, but then there's other composers who who are, I want to make money at this. I want I want to be able to, to write full-time. I want to be able to, in my later years, see all of these royalties that come in based on work that I've done 10 years, 15 years ago. Because it can keep, once you get that uh, music out there, it can be used over and over and over um, on different shows or for, for, for different venues or you know, uh, different avenues. So you put in the work once, it can keep producing um, a return on investment for you for years and years to come. Absolutely. So it, it's definitely a numbers game. I'm not really going to change much in my approach. I'm just going to keep my nose to the grindstone and, and, and just keep applying. It seems, like you said, it, it seems to have worked for me so far. Um, so I'm going to keep uh, keep doing what I'm doing, basically. Yeah, sounds um, like you're on, on other, the right track. Yeah, there's a lot of other avenues of potential uh, revenue stream that I have not looked into, like um, the... Uh, selling your music on iTunes and so forth. I mean, that, that is definitely, I know a lot of uh, songwriters that do that, and they do generate a revenue for that. I wasn't, um, I wasn't attracted to that because, to me, you still need to do a lot of marketing and a lot of reaching out to people so that they will find your music and, and purchase it on iTunes or, or, or whatever, uh, um, what other sites out there that actually sell sure. uh, directly to consumers. Uh, that That's an area I was not attracted to. You'd still have to do a lot of marketing, self-marketing and so forth, and self-promotion. I just happened to gravitate towards the uh, TV licensing. Yeah, you found your, your niche and you're, you're sticking with, with that, it sounds like. Right. Do, do you, I know when we talked, you said that you still have a, a day job. Do you... Do you see a, a day when you'll be able to quit and do music full time? Are, are you is that a goal that you're working towards, or are you happy to keep this as a part time job? Um, I I mean I would love to I would love to switch over and, and um, uh, write music full time and license music full time. Uh, that's up to the licensing gods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it continues uh, the path that it it. it it's moving in. I I can see someday that 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 will happen. Uh, when that will be, I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, it, it, and at the very least, uh, it's a fantastic part-time job because it's it's something that I love to do. Um, yes, it's a lot. It's it's more work than I initially thought it was going to be relating to the business side. But uh, I love what I love what I do. I love to write music. 
And uh, this can, and, and also it, because of the royalty stream that, that is further down the line, you write a queue today, it could be used next year, five years, 10 years, right. 15 years. That over. return on investment, right, it, it, over and over, that return on investment will grow. Um, so it's a, uh, it, it, it can grow into a full-time. I don't know when that is, but I'd be satisfied uh, uh, if, it, if it's a part-time um, revenue stream. That's, that's, that's perfect for me. What do, what do you do? Just out of curiosity, what is your day job? What is your regular I'm, or your other? I'm profession? a computer programmer. Ah, okay, okay. Because it's all relative. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, even though I'm a computer programmer, I still struggled with the um, uh, digital audio workstations, the DAWs, yeah. and the software. Because it's um, there's a lot to it, and sure. and to, to to get those those right controls and in, 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 in the right spots to for, for things to sound uh, you know sound good uh, it takes a lot of experimenting yeah there's a lot of work that goes into it and and I mean you bring up a good point because not everybody uh, that writes music does their own production necessarily but you're obviously you know writing composing producing doing your own marketing like you said it's it's uh, it's a lot of work so the fact that you can do that and have a uh, a regular you know a, a good day job like a computer programmer that's that's uh, pretty impressive I, I imagine you're a pretty busy guy yeah I'm very fortunate that's all I have to say I'm very very fortunate good well Paul um, I really appreciate you doing the podcast with me today what I would like to do to close up I don't know if you've heard any of my previous podcasts but what I normally do is I normally feature uh, a track from whoever I'm interviewing. Do you have a song that comes to mind, maybe something recent or, or something that you've had placed recently that you can send me to play at the end of this? Oh, okay. Terrific, yes. Uh, I'll, I'll send something out right away to you. Okay, cool. And what's the name of it? Do you, do you know? I'm not sure yet. I'll have, to, I'll, 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 I'll have to pick one out. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, now we're going to go to some of Paul Glover's music. It's a surprise, but this is music by Paul Glover. And Paul, if people are, are interested in learning more about you, uh, your website is paulglover.com, right? That's correct. So go check out Paul's website. And uh, Paul, thanks so much for uh, speaking with, with me today. Well, thanks for having me on, Aaron. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Take care.